Well, good morning. Good to see all of you who are here today. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you. If you're a guest, find your place in the Word of God in Matthew chapter number 6. And those of you who are guests with us today, may the Lord bless you. We're honored to have you today uh, as we worship together. In just a moment, we'll continue uh, thinking and considering uh, what we're talking about these days as a church. Lord, teach us to pray. Before that, I want to continue to give you an update, and then we'll pray in just a moment as we prepare for the hearing of the Word of God. I want you to, uh, uh, to do something if you're a church member, a part of our church. I, uh, as I've been praying and burdened to call our church to consider what we can do uh, to assist in uh, this uh, foster care crisis in Tennessee, I, I determined that it would be best if we who are uh, God's people here at First Baptist, as we pray about our part, really know what, is, um, uh, what are the facts about what's happening in the current situation with the Department of uh, Children's Services. So I, I'm holding in my hand the actual audit. It's 152 pages long uh, that is now on our website, uh, first, at our First Baptist Church website, and I encourage you uh, to go out there, and if you're a member of First Baptist Church, this is for you. I encourage you, so you don't need the news to digest this for you. You don't need uh, anyone else to digest it for you. You need to read this for yourself. It's long, but you need to read it. It will be helpful to you. So I'm calling all of First Baptist Church, all of our membership, uh, to, uh, to find this, go out and you can get the link and you can read it however you want to electronically or you can print it. And then as you read it, let your conscience speak to you as the Lord speaks to you. Read it and then you do what you think the Lord's telling you to do. When you read this desperate, unacceptable condition that foster care children find themselves in in Tennessee... That's been going on for way too long. So we'll be praying about that in just a moment. Um, also, just to mention to you what's going on around us, pray for uh, Brother Randy Davis, who is the executive director of Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Uh, he's been invited to meet with Governor Lee this well, coming week about this matter and about Southern Baptists and our participation in uh, what we might do. And so that'll be a very important meeting. And uh, then also this week, uh, the, the pastors and myself here are going to be meeting with uh, Brother McCoy from the uh, Baptist Children's Home, talking to them about what we can do. Lots of things are going on. Uh, and we continue to pray that God would call out some of our people in our church who are able to be foster parents. Read the audit. Read the audit. I don't believe there's ever been a time in my ministry where I posted a government audit on a church website, but now I have. Read the audit. Now we go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made and we rejoice in it. Oh, glorious Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, you are our Savior, you are our Lord, you are our coming King. We thank you for the blessings of knowing you and we recognize the Holy Spirit of God's presence as we honor the Lord Jesus here as the Holy Spirit of God works among us. We pray for those, we plead for the case of those who are helpless, the fatherless, the orphans who are among us in Tennessee. 
many of whom do not have a place to stay, a home to live in, nor the essentials of life. We pray for them today. We pray for uh, the government, government leaders who have this responsibility you have placed in their hands uh, by your sovereign purposes, their responsibility for this. We pray that we'll do our part as a church, open our eyes to it as we investigate these things. But more than anything, we pray that you would, and we know you will. We have confidence that you will, uh, you will in your own wonderful, miraculous way, care for these thousands of children who find themselves in foster care. We pray that there might be a change in the family life in this state and across this country, much of which leads to this con condition, but now we focus on the helpless. We pray that you might be with them and that you might empower us and enable us as a church to do our part. We pray for Governor Bill Lee and for all of our state legislature representatives that they might find this as a first priority, not some other priority down the list. May they see and may they be stirred by the human condition of need from these innocent ones and may they do their work and we pray for them and we support them, but we ask that you would stir their hearts so that these things are done in a proper way. For all the leadership of the child, uh, the, the, the whole thing, the, this whole organization, all the caseworkers, they have so much to do. They're burdened with so many burdens and troubles and needs and so much that we do not understand, but we call and ask for you and we appeal to you to help us, to give us aid and protection and provision in this thing that we are calling to you for. Now, Lord, we come to your word and we come to, to these very important words of how you taught us to pray. Some of us didn't pray today, Lord. We've, we're too busy. Others of us don't know how to pray. We want to pray, but we don't know what to say. We thank you that you've done this for us and you've given us in your word the way that we can understand prayer, and how to pray and what to say when we don't know what to say. So we do ask today, as the disciples ask, teach us to pray here in this place. Help our church be a praying church. Help us to be a praying church. Help us to be people who find our way to the secret place and pray to the Father and then join together in celebrating and praising and praying to you as we come together. Now give us wisdom as we come to the Lord's table in just a while. Forgive us of our sins. We ask that you might help us to evaluate our own hearts and make sure that before we come to the table of the Lord, we're ready to receive the bread and the juice in honor and glory of the Lord Jesus' death. In his name we pray. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 6. The Lord Jesus is speaking about here three holy habits that all followers of Jesus practice. We practice the same holy habits that the Lord practiced. Not all of the holy habits of the Lord are mentioned here, but these three are given to us, and we're focusing on one of them. The three holy habits are these, Matthew chapter 6, verse 2, when you give, giving is a holy habit. When you give to the poor, when you give, the Lord Jesus talks about that. Then as we're looking at, when you pray, Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be reading in just a moment in verse 6. 
And then when you fast, not if you fast, but one of the holy, one of the holy habits of being a follower of Jesus is we fast as our Lord fasted. In order to gain understanding and knowledge about His will and purposes uh, in our lives and in the world. So we have much to learn about those other things, but now we're talking about praying. I love you in the Lord Jesus, and I don't want to uh, ever, when I'm speaking about prayer, I'm not trying to uh, condemn, shame, or cause any difficulty, but I am going to exhort you and challenge you. Um, I'm not going to pretend today, I, I've, been, I've been a pastor too long, and uh, I've, I've, I've been made aware through all of the years of being a pastor that a lot of people, though they've been Christians a long time, they still struggle, they don't know what to do when it comes to praying. Perhaps they've read lots of books about prayer. They've gone and they've talked to other spiritual leaders and pastors as people have to me about prayer. But we haven't talked, we haven't listened carefully to what the Lord, the Lord Jesus has to say to us about prayer. So my dear friends, that's what we're doing these days. We're looking at what the Lord Jesus has taught us about praying. So we read, first of all, Matthew chapter 6. We begin reading in verse number 6. Matthew 6, 6, but, we, but you, that is you disciple, but you, when you pray, when you pray as a disciple, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they will be heard for their many words. So uh, don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words of the Lord Jesus. May we learn how to pray as he taught us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the focal truth is this. When you pray as a disciple of Jesus, pray like a disciple of Jesus prays. When you pray, pray like a disciple of Jesus prays. Some have called uh, this uh, the Lord's Prayer and others have called it the Disciples' Prayer. I think it is... Uh, more appropriate for us to look at it as the disciples' prayer. You see, today I want to try to answer for you. And by the way, he reminds us, don't pray like hypocrites. And the Lord also reminds us, don't pr pray like babbling lost people, pagans who just think if you make a lot of noise and words and repeat things, somehow God will hear you. No, we, we learned last week that wonderful promise about praying. Praying, remember, your Father knows what you need before you ask. And I've also mentioned to you time and time again, what does pray mean? The Lord mentions the word over and over in these verses. Pray means 
to come toward God with your wishes and your desires. To come toward God with your wishes and your desires. So the Lord says, pray, come with your wishes and desires to God in this way. So when you pray, I'm asking all of you now, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to be impressed by how many years some of you have walked with God and how much you know about your Bible and what you, what you uh, uh, believe about your own spirituality. I'm just starting from the basics. I'm speaking to us all, boys and girls who are here, who are just learning what it's like to follow Jesus. And boys and girls, I'm glad you're here to hear what Pastor Mike is uh, speaking about regarding what the Lord Jesus taught us about how to pray. And students are here who need to know how to pray. And there are new followers of Jesus who are adults who are with us who need to know how to pray. The best example of prayer is the praying of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who knows the most about praying is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for others who have helped me with my prayer life. I'm grateful for the things I've read about prayer life. But now today, we pause to listen to what the Lord Jesus has to say to every disciple in this room, regardless of how long you've been a disciple, about how we're to pray. When you pray, do you know the way to pray? This is the first question I want to try to answer today. Do you know how to pray? When, when you pray, do you know how to pray? Not just the way to pray, how to pray. Do you know how to pray? And then finally, it's just as important as knowing the way to pray and how to pray. The question is, do you know what to say when you pray? All of these things become very important for us. You see, the Lord Jesus is teaching us the way, and listen carefully to me now, and the words that we should use in our praying. These words of the Lord Jesus are not perhaps the only words we say in prayer, but they are very important words. This is the disciples' first prayer. This is, uh, we might call it, the beginner's prayer. You see, the Lord Jesus spoke these words that are recorded in Matthew. And then we'll see in just a moment in Luke, which is the parallel. He was preaching these truths of the kingdom of God all over the place. And he was speaking about prayer and talking to his disciples about what it looks like to pray in all kinds of situations and conditions. So every one of us, this is our first prayer. This is our beginner's prayer. This is our lifelong prayer. It's the prayer that we pray as a young disciple. It's the prayer we pray as an old disciple. I'm grateful for my <clears throat> Sunday school teacher, Pete Phillips. God rest his soul, he's in heaven. And so I'm a nine-year-old boy, and what were we learning to do? Anybody who takes on the nine-year-old boys in Sunday school deserves extra stars in their crown. And Brother Pete had a whole room full of us. And we would come in and Pete said, now you're all boys are going to learn to pray. And he was a big man. I'll never forget that, how big this fellow was. And deep voice. We were scared of him, so we behaved. And he said, now we will learn to pray. And he taught us the disciples' prayer. He taught us to pray. So from a nine-year-old boy in Sunday school, we would pray the prayer. He would talk about the prayer. He would explain to us, this is how you come to God to pray. What a wonderful thing that is. That's what we will do in this church. 
when we're talking about discipling, we will help people learn to pray. Pray. This is this prayer matters. It is the very these are the very words that the Lord Jesus chose to give us when he was telling us as disciples how to pray. You as a disciple must pay attention to these words. Don't gloss over them. Don't dismiss them because you've read Pastor So-and-so or whoever you are influenced by and you've been in. Listen to what the Lord says. This is the way you pray. This is how you pray. And this is what you say as you're praying. You see, my friends, every believer must learn this prayer. And that's why we're going to focus on it as long as we are. Every believer learns this prayer and treasures it. I have prayed this prayer literally all of my life and I'm grateful for it. This is the united prayer of all the disciples of the Lord Jesus. I remind you that around the world today, globally, in every language, these words are uttered. This disciple's prayer is prayed. Oh, prayed by some. Uh, Let's not think that most of the Christian world is like us in this room with all of our comforts. No, some of them praying these words in a dark dungeon jail uh, because they've shared their faith. Some uh, who are laying, laying somewhere in, on, a, on a hospital bed about to die, praying these words. Others who've lost everything because they've committed to follow Jesus, praying these words. We pray these words with all of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. Our Father is what we pray. Our Father. Because being born again, we are adopted into the family of God. And if you are saved, I said this last week, if you're saved, you've been adopted into the family of God and the Holy Spirit now is in you and you cannot help but pray our Father. That's what you pray. You have a Father. You have a Heavenly Father and all of us as believers in this room share that same wonderful Father. And when we pray to the Father, we pray to Father, Son, Holy Spirit in the glory and majesty of of God in His triune nature. So what are the observations that we learn from this very important phrase? I'm just talking about a phrase today. Pray then in this way. Well, three things. Number one, when we pray this way as a disciple, we worship God the Father as we pray. When we pray this way, these words that are following here, the disciples' prayer teaches us to worship God in praying. Number two, when we pray this way as a disciple, we are asking God, the Father, for daily needs as we're praying. And finally, when we pray this way as a disciple, we say the words, these words to God, the Father, when we pray. Now, before we get to it, just take your Bible, keep your finger there in Matthew 6. And if you're a quick Bible turner, if not, I'll just read it to you. Read the parallel passage in Luke chapter 11. Just flip to Luke 11 for just a moment. I'd like for you to mark it and make sure you noticed, noted it in your Bible. The Lord says in Matthew 6, pray then in this way. But in Luke chapter 11, the disciples, after he finished praying, verse 1, in a certain place... When he finished praying, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he, that is Jesus, said to those disciples, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. Yes, there's been great abuse. There's been misuse 
of these words, the Lord's Prayer, as some would use them like it's some magic formula. That's not what we don't avoid doing something because someone uses it improperly. We take these words and we use them because the Lord said to every disciple, I'm speaking to every disciple in here, say these words. So as we pray, we go secretly. Now back to Matthew 6, we go to our secret place. We shut the door. We close ourselves therein. And what do we do? It's the most wonderful, wonderful place to be. Because there you are privately, secretly with your loving Heavenly Father. And you say, you say, our Father. You don't say my Father, you can. But it's our Father. Because you see, as you're praying in secret, I'm praying in secret. As we're praying in secret, other believers around the world are praying in secret. And we're all praying day and night, 24 hours a day. God's people go to the Heavenly Father and we say, Our Father, the one who already knows what we need before we ask. We are saying it out of our spirit. We're connecting with Him, our spirit with His, by the Holy Spirit. And we say, Our Father, who is in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice the pronoun that the Lord teaches us. And we're going to go in the weeks ahead phrase by phrase through this prayer. Today I make some general observations quickly. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, what does it mean? It means to honor as holy. Hallowed means to declare as sacred. Hallowed means to treat as venerable, of the greatest value. Hallowed, hallowed is the name. What is name? Name is everything by which a person is described. It represents their personality, qualities, and ways. Hallowed. Be your name. That's the way we begin when we come with our desires and wishes and meet our Heavenly Father in secret. It's You see, as I learn to pray in secret, then I understand how to pray publicly with God's people. Your name is holy. Secondly, your kingdom come. What is kingdom here? Kingdom is reign. Your rulership. Your dominion. Your sovereignty. Your royal power. Your sovereignty come. Your power come. It is a prayer for the Lord Jesus to come again. It is His reigning in this world while the devil runs crazy and controls all things. One day it will come to an end. Your kingdom come. But it's also praying your kingdom be, come to be in my own life, in the lives of God's people. It is a wonderful, important praying for His kingdom, not our kingdom. Your name is holy, not our names. His, his name is holy. His name is to be revered. There is no name above the name of the Lord Jesus. He is, his name is above every name. Holy is your name. We come and you see as I begin to pray and I pray this way. Your name is holy. Your kingdom come. And wait a minute. Your will be done. Oh, I've listened to people all of my pastoral life say, Pastor Mike, I just... How do I know what I can pray and what I can ask for? You can ask for anything, but when you start this way, it helps you know how to pray better. Because first we pray, your will. Your will. What does that mean? That means your choices. I'll use different words. Your choices. 
be done. Your desires, God the Father, be done. Your pleasures be done. What is pleasing to you be done. You see, this is, we pray for what God has determined to be done by His will through the holy prophets and all the preaching of the Word of God and the teaching of the Lord Jesus. The will of God will be done. We pray for His will to be done. And we'll talk about these in detail in the days ahead. So what do we do? Prayer is the secret act of worshiping God the Father. It is the secret. This is what you do. Oh, my friends. When you, you say, Pastor Mike, I don't know enough words to speak about God in all the different ways. Then pray these words, my brothers and sisters. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's a start. That's where you can begin. I do it still this day in my praying life. Sometimes you're mind you're sluggish in your mind you can't get up you don't know what to say you're dragging yourself to the place you do go to the secret place and you shut the door and you think what can i say sometimes this is the way you do it you say you say our father who is in heaven who is in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. This is that spiritual service of worship that Paul talked about. So prayer is worshiping the holy name, the holy reign, and the holy will of God. It is that we come and as we worship our holy Father, Son, Spirit, our holy God, we then ask and we, we then come to ask and petition because we have said, first of all, you are holy we ask for your reign to come in our lives and in the world. And we pray for your will and purposes to be done. Secondly, we pray this way, asking God for our daily needs. You know, give us, notice the pronoun changes from your to us. Notice, give us, verse 12, forgive us. Verse 13, lead us. And deliver us. Now, whoever you are as a disciple in this room, you know what prayer reminds us of. You know why we pray? Because we've humbled ourselves and, and now we have said, I can't control my life. I need God to help me to, to do life. I need God's essentials or I can't make it in life. You see, this is... Prayer is the first act of self-humiliation. Prayer is the first act of stripping yourself of yourself. You see, when you pray, you're admitting that you can't do things on your own. So we pray. What do we say? First thing we ask for, help me, give me. Have any of you ever had children who said, give me, give me, give me? Yes. It is the nature of a child to say, Give me, give me, give me. Now we say, give us, because we all need it together as God's people. All of God's people around the world praying at the same time, give us, give us, give us, give us. It means to grant a gift. It means to provide a necessity. It is give us our daily bread. We'll talk about this more in detail in the days ahead. It is that we pray, forgive us. As we forgive, forgive us. It means to release us from a debt. 
The word forgiveness is freedom from your debt. Your debt is cleared. Some of us carry debts in our life. Oh, the happy day when your debt is paid. Oh, the happy day when you don't have to make the payments anymore. And our debt for sin, as we come to the table today, our debt for sin has been paid through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Our debt is cleaned up. We're white as snow, forgiven, justified, praise God, adopted into the family of God. Forgive us, but we still, though we're saved, we, for, we fall into sin and we must go in secret and say, forgive us, and we must say to God in secret, I will forgive them. Give us, forgive us, lead us. We'll talk in detail about what it means to say, lead us, uh, do not lead us into temptation. It is the word for leading us. It is a word that means to bring, to lead us, lead us ahead, to bring into, to bring us toward. And our prayer is to pray that God would help lead us away from our own fleshly temptations and the world's temptations that keep us back. There's not a disciple in this room. I don't care how old you are and how long you've walked with God. You pray every day, give us, forgive us, lead us, and what else? Protect us, save us, save us. This word means to draw us out. So today I want you to see when you pray in secret, when you pray in secret as a disciple, here's, here's how disciples pray. They pray, first of all, worshiping God the Father. Secondly, asking God repeatedly, repeatedly. You don't do this one time. This is the way you pray. This is how you pray, my beloved friends. You ask God the Father for your daily needs. I need I need things, I need provisions, I need forgiveness, I need leadership, and I need deliverance. Every day, every day, I need them. So we pray, it is the secret act of asking for the necessities of life as a disciple. We have our discipleship friends around the world, we have followers of Jesus who are praying today. We read the words in the Sermon on the Mount. That we should not be worrying about what we eat or what we drink or our clothing. Some of you, as well as me, we have more clothes than we can put in any one closet. We have more shoes than we know what to do with. We have refrigerators, not only one refrigerator, multiple refrigerators filled with food. We have clothes, we have food, and we have places to stay. Foster kids, some of them slept in the office building last night. I'm just going to keep reminding you. So remember, this is what's going on. There were boys and girls sleeping in their car with their families last night. Even in Dixon County. I'm not talking about what's going on on the border down, at, down in Texas way. I'm speaking about this. So there are believers around the world who don't know where they're going to have to stay. What they're going to have to put on. This necessity, this praying for necessities is what disciples pray for. Even God's people must pray, must pray for what they need. And that includes clothing and food and shelter. So we think about this. It is that we're praying for the necessities so that we might be His, His followers in the world. And praying is submitting and humbling ourselves. That's why I say... Give us, 
That's why I say forgive us. That's why I say lead us. And that's why I say deliver us. Because we all need these things at the same time. This prayer is not just for some who seemingly need these things more than others. It's for every believer and every disciple of Christ. Finally, pray this way as a disciple and say these words to God the Father when you pray. Now we here at our church, we're about to start disciple, disciple life classes. And I'm grateful for it. Brother Todd and Ryan put in a lot of time putting things together. And we use different manuals and materials uh, that go along with our Bibles. We, we don't, they don't replace our Bibles, but we study these discipleship materials that help us. Well, there was a, there was a, a, a form of this in the early church. Uh, somewhere around 70 to 100 uh, there, was a, there was a discipleship manual put together for believers. Remember, in those early days, there were no copies of the Gospels compiled. There weren't any Bibles. Uh, they, they were, the, the early church was teaching people the, the truths of the Lord Jesus, what He had given to the apostles. And there was a, a document called the Didache. The Didache is a, the teachings of the apostles. It's not Bible. It's not perfect. But it was a manual of discipleship. And in section number 8, the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer is here. That, that manual is filled with the Sermon on the Mount. Its sections are filled with all of the pieces of the Sermon on the Mount. That was the primary focus. It's still the primary focus in your life. I've said it to you week by week. If you don't know where else to read in your Bible as a Christian, go spend your time and read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So when these words were given, how else would you learn to pray but learn to pray these words? Boys and girls, all of you in here today should be learning to say these words, pray these words to God with your moms and dads and with us here at church. Students, you must learn these words. This is how you learn to pray. As the man said to me, Pastor Mike, I'm, I'm a Christian now, but how do I pray? I said, this is how you pray. This is what you, he said, I don't know what to say. Yes, you do. The Lord has given you what to say. If you meet God genuinely and sincerely and speak these words to him, he hears what you have to say. You see, the Lord Jesus said these words, not just for us to think about. He didn't say, say it. He's saying, literally the word is, say this, repeat this, speak this. So that's what you must do as a disciple. The Lord Jesus gave these specific words to us to be said to God the Father. Every disciple learns best how to pray by learning to pray these words. And perhaps the Lord Jesus, in my imagination. So as they said, Lord, teach us to pray. I can see the Lord many times over, many times. He didn't do it just one time. It takes time to learn something. He would spend time with his disciples and pray this prayer with them. The Lord Jesus says, our Father. Perhaps he spoke it phrase by phrase and then they repeated it. But you see, you and I have a duty to do this. I, look, I'm convinced repeating these words improves our praying. I understand our tradition. I understand who we are as Baptists. And what we, don't, what we want to avoid from other groups who've made this uh, something that's uh, uh, improper and just a formal matter. No, I'm talking about genuinely praying these words. It will focus your worship. It will 
Focus your ability to understand how to speak to God about your request. It'll improve your praying. It'll teach you the essentials of prayer, worship, and requests. It will assist you in praying. It will aid you in your words. It will remind you of the wonderful relationship you have with God the Father. You are speaking to Him as God the Father, as a child of God. Repeating these words helps us pray without ceasing. Someone said to me, well, I was uh, talking to him about his time in the military. He was shot and injured in the war in Vietnam. The bullet went across his chest and pierced just above his lungs. But there he was in that dark jungle. He was bleeding out and it was dark. And he said, all I could remember. This is a, now this is a man who was a deacon in his church. Uh, already as a young man, they'd already noticed, recognized him as someone who was uh, had great uh, spiritual skill, and he'd been, he'd been in his church all of his life, saved as a young boy. He said, all I could do was pray our Lord's Prayer. Yes, that's all he could do. But it aided him and helped him in his praying. And when we pray these words together, we don't do it as often as we should. We'll do it more as we can in the days ahead in the proper ways. But when we say these words together, it encourages us all to see and hear each other pray these words to God the Father together. And it unites us in praying with the all of God's people around the world. You see, some of God's people don't have the benefit of all the teaching we have. And some of them have learned the Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer. So what do we remember from all of this today? Quickly, we pray in secret and adore God the Father. This is where adoration, this is where you learn to praise God. <clears throat> this is why some of us don't do well in worship publicly, is because we don't worship privately. It's not just the song and the tune. It is what's in your heart and in your mind and your spirit as you Sing praise to God. Many times in my own life, I wouldn't want you to hear it. That's why it's in secret. I'll sing to the Lord. That's between the Lord and me. But I do it anyway. Secretly asking for provisions and forgiveness and direction and deliverance every day. Because every day is new for us all as we serve God. Pray these words as a sincere prayer to God. If you don't know what to pray, pray these words as a disciple and say them to the Lord. So pray in this way. And then the Lord said, as we read in Luke chapter 11, when you pray, say these words. So tonight, today, as we come to the table of the Lord and in our invitation time, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to pray these words. We're going to say these words to God the Father together. Please stand with me if you'll stand as we come now to our invitation time. I'm going to ask you to read this prayer with me from the screen so that we can all say it together the same way. All of us have learned it in different ways. So if you'll pray the prayer as it's recorded, this is from the New American Standard I've been reading to you from today. So now we come to, the, to God the Father in public and we say the words that the Lord Jesus has taught us to pray. Join me and let's say them together slowly, slowly, slowly. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.